series on prayer and this morning we'll meditate on David's prayer a man after God's own heart have you ever wondered why David was called as a man after God's own heart i'm sure we all would have had this questions you know why david was called a man after god's own heart there are many god's people who have been called as friends of god in the scripture we find they have been called as friends of god but david alone has been called as a man after god's own heart from a simple shepherd boy to becoming a mighty warrior king david is the second most frequently mentioned name in the whole of the bible next to our lord jesus christ while the bible devotes four gospels to tell the story of our lord jesus you know we have three books that tell the story of david you know first samuel second samuel and first chronicles if you read it's the story of david that clearly shows david has a special place in god's scheme of things hence it becomes important for us to pay attention to his life there is something in this man that we need to learn from him you know maybe by looking at his prayer life we could learn from david's life so this morning we will look at his prayer you know we'll try to understand his prayer uh, three headings the first one is david's heart the second is people's hearts the third is our hearts david's heart people's hearts and our hearts it's important for us to understand david's heart because the bible calls him a man after god's own heart let's look at the first one david's heart in order to understand david's heart we should know his life story otherwise it's not possible to understand his heart we can't just take one incident and then try to find his heart so we have to go through the all the three books first samuel second samuel and first chronicles to know about him as we go through these three books one thing that stands out is always sought the presence of god passionately there is no doubt about it david always sought the presence of god passionately that was something that we can learn from him you know not only sought the presence of god his life you know it was his it's what is mission to bring people's the god's presence into the midst of the people that was his mission if you ask what's your mission i want to see god's presence 
in the midst of the people. That was his presence. How do I say this? No, soon after David defeated the Philistines, we know the stories, we, we, we don't have to get back. And when he conquered Jerusalem, the first thing he wanted to do was to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Till now, we have only read that whenever they want to achieve something, they took the Ark of the Covenant and went. Whether it was the, you know, to cross the Jordan River or to bring down the Jericho Wall, they took the Ark of the Covenant before. But David had already conquered Jerusalem. He has been, you know, the entire, the leaders, they come and they say, you are the king. So he has got no resistance. Everybody has accepted him. So it is not because he requires something so that he can bring the Ark of the Covenant back. Not at all. Not at all. That is just his passion that he wants that God's presence should come in the midst of his people. That was his passion. It is not his personal ambition. I want to get something out of this God. He is not making use of God. He wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. He was not making the presence of God. Now, what is special about this Ark of the Covenant? You know, you go back to the book of Exodus and you start reading. You know, you understand what is this? It's just a small wooden box. And you have two, you know, two uh, stone tablets. And then you have the two cherubims. But... Why was it so special? Because between the two cherubims, you know, you find the Shekinah glory of God, the heavens, God's very presence appeared between the two cherubims. And that's the reason David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. What he sought was the presence of God. He was not only a man who sought the presence of God, he wanted the people to enjoy the presence of God. He wanted the people to desire the presence of God. And that's the reason he brought the Ark of the Covenant. He wanted to bring it back. Now, what has happened in the history? You know, during Eli's time, the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philippines. Eli's daughter-in-law, as she was dying, named her newborn baby as Ichabod. If you remember that, Ichabod she named because the glory has departed from Israel. The Ark of God has been captured. That's what she said. The glory of God has departed. The Ark of God has been captured by the Philistines. Why? What's the reason? You know, the reason being, the people believed in God. They still followed the rules and the rituals, but they used the Ark of the Covenant as a magic wand. 
never had a personal relationship with God. They didn't know this God as a heavenly father. They didn't know this God as a good shepherd. They didn't have that relationship. They followed everything. They believed. They believed in God. It's not that they became atheists. They believed in God. They followed all the temperatures. But their heart was not with God. In their heart, they had something else. As a result, they lost the war. The covenant was captured. And it was lying in a remote place. We too can believe in God. We too can obey God. But if we don't cultivate the personal relationship with God, something else will take God's place in our heart. Our heart is an idol factory. It just manufactures idols. You know, coming from, you know, in our country, you have millions of gods. It is not difficult to understand. If you look into your own heart, you can figure out how many gods are there inside your own hearts. They only name them as gods. You know, education, when it gives you significance, it becomes your god. Money, when it gives you significance and security, that becomes God. They've named it as God. And we have it as, you know, it could be our head. It could be our, just our body. I don't want to keep naming the gods. If you start studying those culture, you understand. You know, it could be education. Do you remember? You all know what's the name of the God for education. You all know what's the name of the God for wealth. You know, our our own heart, if we are not careful, we will not be totally devoted to God. And that's what was happening in the lives of Israelites. God will be in the outer sphere. It's not that God is not in our lives. God is in the outer sphere, not in the center of our lives. Ark of the Covenant will be lying in a remote corner. The Ark of Covenant will not be in the center of your life. And that's what was happening in the lives of the Israelites. And David wanted to change that. That was the reason. The very first thing after becoming king, he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. It was a great procession. You know, you can talk on that. Uh, you know, you can preach on that several sermons. You know, if you read First Chronicles chapter 16, you can see the song. It was a great song, how they've danced before uh, the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not getting into that. I'll just give you the few highlights that will help us to understand David's heart. First Chronicles 16, 9 and 10, it says, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. David is asking the people, will you give your hearts to God? That's what he's asking. Will you give your hearts to God? That is the essence of this song. 
you know david had personal relationship with god he was in love with god you know let me just draw your attention to this example husband and wife you want the faithfulness and love of your spouse totally devoted to you you want an undivided heart you want an undivided loyalty and faithfulness from your spouse and jesus is our bridegroom and he expects that loyalty from us that's what david is saying let the hearts of those who seek the lord rejoice you know he wanted the israelites to seek god's face always that should be their priority he wanted them to give their hearts to god not their conscience it has to go beyond a level you see we can maintain a good conscience but what david is asking for something higher than that we can keep satisfying our conscience but what is david is asking is much more than that it is it is something like we can pay our taxes honestly we can pay our taxes our conscience is pure because we have paid every rupee that you know we owe to government but it doesn't mean that you are in love with the government so david is asking something more than that not just following god not just following the rules and regulations he is asking something more this morning shall we say lord lift up my heart to that place where i will seek you where i will seek you lord it is not just i have fulfilled my conscience you know it's not that i'm going to do, commit an adultery or do something it's much more than that that's what david wanted for his people he not only wanted god to be enthroned in zion what he wanted is god to be enthroned in people's hearts that was the reason he brought the ark of the covenant to jerusalem you know in first in the same chapter in verse 27 it's a long song splendor and majesty are before him strength and joy are in his dwelling place he says come to him come to him you have the heavenly brilliance in him where are you going that is his heart's cry splendor oh it is so splendid it's brilliant splendor and brilliance you know are before him this god is an amazing god come to him and worship he wanted the israelites to worship him because he knows how to worship god you know you can get into the book of psalms and you can keep taking one psalm after the other you know this man really can worship god he can teach us how to worship god he wanted the israelites to worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness oh his holiness if only if you can have a gave you just have a glimpse of his holiness oh you will be drawn closer to that holiness that was david's heart and that's the reason 
he wanted to bring the ark of the covenant back to jerusalem sadly bringing the ark of the covenant back to jerusalem did not bring the revival and renewal in the lives of israelites it did not bring why so that's what we want to see people's hearts we have seen david's heart now let's look at people's hearts we know what david wanted for his people but the ark of the covenant did not bring that kind of a renewal in the lives of people because their hearts were devoted to materialism hence david came with the idea of building a temple he came with that idea he believed that the temple will make the presence of god visible to this people when you look at a grand building a magnificent temple building when people look at the temple probably one of their hearts will be drawn closer probably they'll become aware of god's presence and because of this awareness the intensity for knowing this god more and more will be, become more david's idea and that's what we find in david's prayer you know the beauty of the temple will intensify the awareness that god is dwelling in their midst that was the reason why david wanted to build this temple and david prayed we are studying david's prayer that's what we find here david prayed and it was a great prayer you know that's that's what we find in first chapter 29 we are not going to read the entire chapter you can read the entire chapter before even he begins the prayer he is addressing the assembly is is speaking to the people and if you read the prayer one things become one thing becomes very clear you know the essence of his prayer is david is a person who has had encounter with god not once several times we don't have to doubt about it he had that and the essence of his prayer is financial generosity is a major component in having encounter with god that is the essence of prayer you read it you meditate on it you will understand financial generosity is a major component in having a spiritual encounter with god okay now before david prayed he is giving a speech and in verses 2 and 4 this is what he is telling in his speech with all my resources i have provided for the temple of my god gold for the gold work silver for the silver bronze for the bronze iron for the iron and wood for the wood as well as onyx for the settings turquoise stones of various colors and all kinds of fine stone and is in large 
add i now give my personal treasures of gold silver for the temple of my god over and above everything i have provided for this whole temple 3000 talents of gold gold of ophir and 7000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings you know 3000 talents of gold it roughly it works out to 1 lakh kgs of gold 1 lakh kgs of pure gold and when you talk about 7000 talents of silver it roughly works out to 2 lakhs 60000 kgs of silver that meant that means that david emptied his personal treasury that's the amount of wealth he gave to this now what do you think are the implications when such huge amount of wealth is diverted to the temple you know i can get into the chapter in total and i can say how much of you know the wealth has been diverted towards the temple work you know the leaders and all those they gave it is a huge chunk of national economy you know now we are 21st century people we talk in terms of gdp you know it is a huge percentage of gdp or the national economy that is being diverted towards temple work now before i you know to just to make this clear you know david's son you know what did he do with his wealth he went about building um, garrisons you read the story of solomon you will find that he took over that land he built a garrison he bought horses that's what that's the kind of description you get in the life of solomon but in the life of david what you get is he has diverted the major portion of his wealth he is a king the major portion of gdp towards the temple he didn't think of building a airport why airport is not required a seaport not required if a fort just to see that philistines will not come back and attack him what is he doing here you know when money is diverted to the temple what is happening it's not just a structure that is coming up what is happening temple is the ministry of worship that's going to take place what's happening in the temple is the ministry of the word god's word will be preached in the in the temple what will happen happen in the temple is the poor and the needy will be taken care of that is the ministry of the temple and david knew that is the lifeline it is not in building the fort it is not building in roads and airports it is in the ministry of worship it's in the ministry of the word and it is in the ministry of taking care of the poor when you give your wealth to your church 
Your church is supposed to do these three ministries. A ministry of worship. A ministry of the word. And a ministry of taking care of the people. The poor and the needy in the society, they should be taken care of. That is what is expected from God's children. We know very well what happened to David's kingdom. And we know very well what happened to Solomon's kingdom, who diverted such huge chunk of money towards building the fort and the roads and all other things. We are not getting into that. But David knew, you know, what will hold his kingdom together. Okay, there are... That is just for us to you know, understand the significance of this. Now, there are two things we can, uh, know, we can learn from David's sacrificial giving. I've already told you it is one lakh kgs of gold and two lakh 60,000 kgs of silver and more so besides which he has already a huge amount. So there are two things we can learn from David's sacrificial giving. We, we Sometimes we say, Sacrificial offering. So let's see what is David's sacrificial offering and what can we learn from that. One, David's giving lowered his lifestyle. David's giving lowered his lifestyle. We all know David did not inherit his kingdom. You know, he was a shepherd boy. You know, the king Saul didn't say, come, come. You have been anointed by God. Come and take over my throne. But Saul didn't say that. David did not inherit his kingdom. He fought several battles at the risk of his life, which is very clear. Then only he became a king. If somebody had any right to wealth, it was David. Have you heard the statement? You know, it is my hard-earned money. Have you heard that statement? Not yet. People saying, oh, it's my hard-earned money. You know, if somebody could say that it was David, it was his hard-earned money. What did he do with his hard-earned money? You know, when people say it was hard-earned money, they say that I'm entitled to that money. You know, it is my money. It is, I earned it hard. And if somebody had a claim over wealth, It was David, but he gave away that money. And not only David was an ordinary man, he was a king. If you want to understand, you know, the king, you have to go back to the history and see that, you know, in the ancient Near East, kings were considered as gods. So the kings were worshipped as gods and they were entitled to a certain kind of lifestyle. It was their entitlement. You know, in the government service, according to your basic pay, you are entitled to a house. It's one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom, five bedrooms. It starts like that. According to your basic pay, you're entitled now for that particular house. So like that, David was entitled to this kind of wealth. It is like to say that, Now, after giving away his wealth, you know, it is like he was earlier living in a four-bedroom house. Now he'll be living in a two-bedroom house. His giving lowered his lifestyle. It is like he was 
driving a car now he'll be only riding a bicycle but david gave it he was ready to lower his lifestyle the reason he lowered his lifestyle is he said my security and my significance do not come from my wealth but from god my security and my significance do not come from my wealth but from god you know we hold on to things and we think oh i am a person because i have this it is because of my achievements because of my accomplishments because of my designation my worth is because of this ministry david says no my worth my significance is not from thee it is from god you want to take this take it away take it away but my significance is from my god second his motivation in giving this is what's meant by a sacrificial giving we find it in verse 14 for want of time i'm not reading the entire chapter you can go home and read that in chronicles 29:14 he says but who am i that who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand how often we have come to that place and say lord everything comes from you your talents your skills your strength your family your background everything comes from god whatever you consider it as a strength your children your spouse your relationship everything comes from god and that's what he's saying my identity is not in these things all that i have i have received from you we just i praise you because at least you have given given me a generous heart basically is telling you know this is what we call as grace of god in the new testament when we talk about the grace of god this is an you know this is a concrete way and in the new testament you read it in an abstract way all because your grace and it is if you want to figure out if you want to imagine what is that grace this is the verse which will teach us which will give you the picture of the grace of god paul says but for you but for your grace i am nothing but for your grace so that's what david is saying here but for your grace all that is doing in response to god in response to god has that grace when the grace touches the inner core of our heart this will be our reactions this is the way we will behave when the grace touches not the outer core the inner core of our heart and all this david was did fully knowing that he was not the one who was going to build the building if you read the story years before he wanted to build and the prophet nathan will come and say 
yes go ahead and build and the lord will tell prophet nathan go back and tell him he is not going to build a temple because he has shed much blood it is a son will build the temple in any case i have not asked for a temple okay so david clearly knew he was not going to build the temple it is not going to be his project but all that david wanted is transformation of people's hearts and that was the reason he brought the ark of the covenant and this very idea of the temple also not that he is going to build he knows that he is not going to build but he wants to bring you know there was some change transformation in the hearts of his people now let's see what happened he he gave that brief speech and now he challenged the crowd saying that who is willing to consecrate themselves to the lord today he challenged them because he wanted that transformation of hearts the leaders the officers the commanders and the officials they were astounded with david's generosity they were just you know they were shocked with david's generosity you and i you know it doesn't touch us we say meo is a king so he gave but it it just touched them they were astounded and what happened is they gave willingly there was a change in their heart condition and they started giving willingly he never compelled he just challenged them you know the giving came because their hearts were transformed how do we know this their hearts were transformed you know in the niv we will read it as for they had given freely and wholeheartedly that's how we will read in niv in new kings james version first chronicles 29:9 says then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the lord you know if you read the uh, if you try to find out the meaning of the hebrew word you will find the word shalom and in the english wholeheartedly so we somehow we lose the significance of what has happened now it is with with a peaceful heart they gave away their wealth with a peaceful heart because all these years that was giving them peace that was giving them security but the moment they transferred their sense of worth significance and security from wealth to god there was peace in their hearts and that's that's the reason that's how they gave you know in nrsv it says like that there's then the people rejoiced because these had given willingly for with single mind they had offered freely to the lord now the people were totally devoted to the lord there was a transformation in their hearts their hearts were filled with the love of god and that's what david wanted in the lives of people you know they, they were now they, their hearts were filled with the presence of god now no longer they were looking for safety and significance in wealth they were looking for safety and significance in god now our hearts now in the 
in the temple, there was only the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, as we have seen, in between the two cherubims, the Shekinah glory, the heavenly brilliance appeared. Now, for us, it is not the Shekinah glory and heavenly brilliance. It is the Lord himself says, I will come and dwell in your hearts. I am Emmanuel, God with us. I want to come and dwell inside your hearts. How precious we are. If this doesn't move us, we will not be able to drive away the idols of our hearts. If, if we don't desire the very presence of God in our hearts, I said our heart is an idol factory and idols are nothing but making good things, the ultimate things. It could be, I, let me start with ministry, talents, you know, my, my worth, my appearance, my designation, my, you know, my property. These good things, if I make it as the ultimate, those become the idols. I will get into that some other day. But what should move my heart is God wants to come and dwell in my heart. It is, it is God himself, the God who created the heavens and the earth, God who came and died for me on the cross, who shed his precious blood, he wants to come and live in my heart. Now, for David, he challenged the people. And that's how he brought the transformation in their hearts. Now, let's see what Jesus is telling us. What kind of heart Jesus desires. Now, let me draw your attention to the teaching of Jesus himself. You know, it was in David's heart that God's presence should be in the lives of the people. But it is in Jesus' heart that Jesus himself should be in the hearts of his people. So how does he challenge us? Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 21. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All this I have kept since I was a boy, he said. What's happening in this passage? You know, what is the 10th commandment? Jesus is quoting from fifth to ninth commandments in this place. Jesus did not quote the tenth commandment. And Jesus did not give him the privilege of saying this. All this I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus, Jesus knows our heart better than anyone else. And Jesus told the fifth to ninth commandment. To show this person his own heart, in turn for us to know our own hearts. The tenth commandment is, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, or his wife, or his servants, or his animals. Or you could put it like this, you know, give your tithes and offerings. You could have, Jesus could have told that. And this man would have said, 
I have kept all this right from the time I was a boy. If Jesus had asked him, give your tithes and offerings to the temple. Here is a man who would have told boldly, I have kept since I was a boy. But Jesus never asked that question. Give your tithes and offerings. You know, this is what is known as legalistic religion. When you put a tick mark, all this five to nine, he could put a tick mark. Have you committed adultery? Have I committed adultery? You know, I don't need somebody else to come and tell me, you know, you have committed adultery. If I have committed adultery, I know I have committed adultery. What's happening here? Jesus is telling something. He's pointing out something to the young ruler. You know, because the young ruler will not know where his heart is unless a third person comes and points out to him. If our heart is desires, you know, Jesus spoke more on money than on adultery. Let us be very clear. He spoke more, you know, we talk more on adultery. If I have committed adultery, if I committed theft, if I murdered somebody, I don't need anybody to come and tell me because I know this. Okay, that's the reason Jesus didn't speak more on adultery, whereas pastors, they speak more on adultery. I don't have to tell anyone, have you committed adultery? You know that. I know that. Have I committed a theft? I know that. Have I committed theft or not? But Am I greedy? Somebody else has to tell me. I will not know that, whether I'm greedy or not. That is the reason Jesus did not give this young ruler that choice. Are you giving your tithes and offerings? You would have said yes. But Jesus wanted to tell him something, that your heart is somewhere else. Your heart is somewhere else. Your heart is not... Yes, you are following all these rituals, rules, commandments, good. But your heart is not with God. What did Jesus say? When Jesus heard this in verses 22 to 23, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very healthy. Jesus is calling us to give that heart, total heart. How do we know we are giving our total heart? Money has tremendous power over us. Money has tremendous. We talk about, you know, you know, bondage breaker and all that. But we need to realize wealth has tremendous hold over our lives. It is hard-earned money. We have not cheated anyone. We have worked hard. We have saved that. But it has a hold over us. There's nothing wrong in good things. But when good things becomes ultimate things, you need to be careful. And Jesus wants to come and dwell in our hearts. And for that, he told the rich man, you still lack one thing. 
does it mean money is bad no not at all does it mean we should not have a house no not at all does it mean we should not work no it is god who gives good things to us to enjoy his life but what god wants us let not your heart be drawn to those good things let your heart be drawn to god that's what god says money has tremendous power over our human hearts in your spiritual life in my spiritual life if i want to take a step ahead i need to break this power that money has over me one of the way we can do is i will not know whether i'm greedy or not because i will justify myself i am very careful with my money it's a hard earned money i don't want to waste so i you know money is the only thing the bible equates money with god you can either have wealth nor god you cannot have both it it's it, there's nothing wrong it's about the heart condition and when we want to have this god in our hearts we should know where to place this wealth and money money should be money money should not have power over us it is only when we come into the, this living relationship with god we break the power over money and then we use money as money money doesn't use us money doesn't give us security money doesn't give us significance we know how to use money and that's what god is asking us one of the good way is you know get to if you are moving with people in your multinational companies they will only say today we bought a 3 bhk tomorrow they'll say we bought a 4 bhk and this is what they will try to influence you if you want to really if you want to find out this is something it's not that pastor is going to give you a, you know this is what you have to do what you have to do is you have to find a good christian brother and sister who is more generous than you then you need to interact with that person it doesn't come on our own this is one sin you will not know whether it is in your heart or not unless somebody else points it out to you so it is always good if you want to grow find somebody who is generous and say don't ask for the details don't tell your details nobody is interested in details tell what's the percentage that you give to god's work and ask how do you do it and ask how god provides for you you're giving so much how god provides for you and find out that is the way to do there's no fixed percentage you give 1% you give 2% that's not the answer the answer is you should, the power, money should not have power over your life you should break that if you want to grow in your spiritual life and read some good bio missionary biographies you will understand how they were able to overcome that how do i do this i interact with somebody who is higher who is giving more than me i speak to those persons i speak to that person and we share so it challenges us you need to be challenged you know in 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 your love for god you need to be challenged now why i am saying all this let me apply the message you are the temple you are the temple 
there's no greater privilege than that when the bible calls you as the temple there is nothing greater than that your worth your dignity your significance comes because god is dwelling in you you are the temple do you take that joy in that you being the temple the god god who created the heavens and the earth he is dwelling within you you are neither small nor big you are significant because god dwells in you you are the temple the moment you are the temple then you have the ministry which i told you the ministry of the temple ministry of worship what happens in your heart worship takes place because you are the temple you are not trying to please others because god is in you because you have been chosen by god you have been predestined by god because you have been bought by the precious blood of god you worship him there is nothing greater than that let nothing in this world hold you back from that you are worshiping god because god the living god dwells in you it is not because what you do your worth comes it is not because i am a pastor my worth comes my worth comes because of jesus who shed his blood to buy me to lift me up from that miry clay he gave me a wash and my worth comes because of that that is what gives me worth take away everything you want still i have worth because i have been bought by the precious blood of jesus you are the temple you need to worship god you need to do the ministry of the word you need to be a person who needs to pay attention to the word you cannot say oh i'll just pray and god will tell me no 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 i said this is a gospel centered church we believe in both the word as well as the experience we believe both the truth and experience are two sides of the same coin we don't we don't say only experience we don't say only truth no we need both so you need to have the ministry of the word feed yourself with the word of god not to point out to others not to even cast out demons but that is your daily food man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the word of god not only on sunday gospel centered church cannot function only on sunday business you come on sunday you hear and go and you know that is not gospel centered gospel centered is jesus is in your heart you are the temple ministry of word next if you are the temple don't accept the world the way it is don't say this is the way it is the poor will be discriminated the poor will be marginalized i know we do, we have got used to it especially in india we have got used to it we have accepted the situation like that you know you and i have been chosen to be part of god's revival and renewal god is restoring the world and if you see all the miracles that elisha elijah jesus performed 
what were the miracles you know i never see anybody coming to jesus and say that lord give me a house do you think those people didn't have that need at least it's not recorded in the bible give me two donkeys i i, I don't see that but what's the kind of miracles that you see the poor being touched the lepers being touched you know th- th- those who are sick being healed that is the kingdom of god you and i are part of the kingdom you and i are the part of the kingdom and god has called you and i for that ministry to be part there is nothing greater than that you have been chosen to do god's ministry you are the temple it is not only that you know the god lives in you you are the living stone of the big temple when we all come it's a big temple we all each one of us is a living stone and we build the temple and from this temple what what should happen while individually you are a temple when you come here you are a living stone and with this temple what should happen worship to, should take place and the ministry of word should take place and the poor and the marginalized and the people who are discriminated they should be ministered to are you not excited you are the temple of god and you don't you want to say jesus i am ready to give my heart totally that's the word wholeheartedly and that is the word called shalom with a single mind i will seek you lord will you not come to that place and desire this jesus more than anything else in this world the world teaches you only if you have this you have a sense and security you have significance because you have this but the bible teaches us your significance and security doesn't come from the worldly things but because the living god is in you will you say lord i want to be that living temple that was david's last prayer that's recorded in the bible and david knew what we need and jesus also knew what our hearts need the need of the heart is to adore the savior to love the savior more and more are you ready i know it's not easy because you live in a world which runs after wealth that runs after education achievements they are all good things but they are not life giving things you know there will come moments in your life loads of money cannot stop your sickness loads of money cannot stop divorces loads of money cannot stop failures loads of money cannot stop brokenness this is the real world we are living in a broken world and what jesus wants to give us is that foundation that security and he is calling you as the temple will you invite him this morning and say lord i want you i want you i'll give everything oh lord that hinders from you coming and dwelling in my heart if it's if it's my ministry you take away this ministry if it is my talent you take away this talent whatever lord you take this away but i want you 
that is what is meant by following jesus following jesus demands that commitment first you know when you come to jesus he will always take from you more than you intend to give him shocking is it shocking when you come to jesus he will take more than you intend to give but he will give you infinitely much more than you can imagine or ask do you, do you understand this when you come with that we are holding on and we are coming to jesus learn to come to jesus like this and say take whatever you want okay you will think he will just take little bit he will take much more from you and you'll say my goodness how will i go with this now he has taken every he wants this i thought i'll give only this much he wants this i said i'll just do your ministry he says leave your job you know he takes much more he takes much more but when you give that much more he will give you infinitely more than what you can imagine or ask are you ready and that is our struggle that is our struggle and that is where the gospel begins and that is where the gospel penetrates not only our hearts it will penetrate this culture the culture outside has to be transformed with the gospel and that will happen when the gospel transforms our hearts gospel has the power to transform our hearts and also the hearts of the people outside the church you are the temple you are the temple come and worship him give him all that you have pastor prem karan separate